Welcome to Roundtable Radio. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, look for moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we talk about when we talk about faith. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Leslie. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Good. I am doing well. It is super rainy here, but you know, mm. what are you going to do? We're going to brighten it up. <laughs> We're gonna br- hey. Bring some sunshine. I like it. <laughs> So we, uh, I believe we're talking about community. We are. Today, which seems to kind of be a through thread Mm -hmm. of our fall discussion as we are navigating our way through what matters most. Mm -hmm. And our what matters most theme for December is love. Mm -hmm. Um, And that seems like potentially an obvious connection to community. But I like that we're bringing it in because it's like, oh, yeah. Right. Community. What's the point? Love. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I think part of what got our, our conversation started is that, um, so when we think about love mm-hmm. and we think about the unique kind of love that Jesus brought into the world, mm-hmm. how he was expressing that through his life, his teachings, leadership, um, it made me think about the fact that uh, the stories about Jesus are not the first stories that were recorded in what we now call the New Testament. Okay. Right. We have four gospels. Right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they were not written for at least 30 years after his death. Some of them may have been written as much as 70 years after his death. Okay. So we're talking like if we were writing our version of something now, we would Mm -hmm. be writing about somebody that was born in the 1920s. Yes. Give or take. Just to like give ourselves some... Some context. Some context. It's perfect. Yeah, anywhere from the 20s into the 50s or so, um, a ways back, which is interesting. That's a big gap. Yeah. And yet, the so the material that was being written very soon after the life and death of Jesus were the letters that mm-hmm. we have. And mm-hmm. most of those were attributed to a man known only to us now as Paul. Okay. And uh, so what made me think about all this was love, because these are basically love letters and soon after Jesus dies, uh, his disciples are trying to find their way in the world. It's not a world that's at all friendly towards them. Right. Paul was not friendly towards them. He was one of their early persecutors, actually. Because he was called Saul then, right? So he was called Saul. Okay. Yep. So before his conversion experience, he was he perceived himself as an enemy of the of what we might call the Jesus movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, yet he had his own dramatic conversion experience. Mm-hmm. And then signed on to the Jesus movement in a big way (laughs) and became probably its primary evangelist and storyteller and traveled literally thousands of miles around the Mediterranean world, Mm -hmm. forming communities, writing letters, offering them words of encouragement. And so in this month of love, I thought, okay, well, if that's the material we actually have that was first and foremost... And he's writing about love, and it's all about community. Maybe it's really important during this month to be thinking about community Mm -hmm. and how that factors in. Because we can become so focused, rightly so, on the Christmas stories, Mm -hmm. right? The birth of Jesus and everything that went around it. We might forget that uh, actually there was a a fully, the, the, the origins of the movement are actually in those letters. Okay. And in this movement of love. So that's kind of uh, what's drawing my attention now. That's really interesting. Backing up, if I can, a little bit. So did Paul, for as much as we know, did Paul write 
all of them or one of them or he didn't write all of the letters in the new testament and it's really hard to get an exact figure about the number sure there's a handful of them though that are seem without question to be his and that's determined mostly on literary style okay but one of the things that gets tricky in the ancient world is that people often wrote letters in other people's names oh okay (laughs) and then and and we're apparently very good at copying their literary styles so to this date did Paul write the letter to the Ephesians? You know, yeah. did he write the letter to the Colossians? Did he write the letter? I mean, it goes on and on. Sure. But um, that's those are still things that are debated. But there's a handful of those letters for sure that we have that seem to bear the mark of his authorship. So we get a pretty good sense of what he was about. I should probably know this, but did Paul ever meet Jesus? Well, he did actually, but it was after Jesus died. Oh. <laughs> How's that? That was an unexpected answer. Yeah. yeah. Please go on. Okay. Uh, You know, Saul at this time, as you pointed out, his name was Saul, and he was persecuting Christians. Actually, he wasn't persecuting Christians because that wasn't a a They weren't actually Christians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He was persecuting those in the Jesus movement who were still, who were considered followers of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is how he describes himself. Mm -hmm. And uh, as he was on a journey at one point... uh, he and was encountered by the voice of Jesus who asked him, why are you persecuting me? Yeah. And uh, that was literally a blinding moment. Yeah. And he was blinded and um, had to be taken to a particular person who helped him through that to overcome that. And when he'd had that experience, he then felt such a close kinship with Jesus mm-hmm. and touched by the revelation of his love for him that uh, he then became the the primary, one of the primary uh, storytellers of the Christian movement. Well, and is it, this is the same Paul that's upon this rock, will I build my church, Paul? No, it's, so that's Peter. Oh, that's Peter. It's Peter. It's, 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 it's all right. It's all good. I was raised by Peter, Paul, and Mary. What can I say? <laughs> They're all together. But you know, there were some very interesting uh, developments in the church between Peter and Paul. So yeah. there were some tensions. Ooh. And I think that's where the love thing gets interesting mm-hmm. because they're, they're, trying to figure out, do we still need to follow all of the Jewish dietary laws? Mm. Do we need to still follow all of the Jewish legal codes? Mm -hmm. Um, All of that starts to begin, you know, to be debated. And some people feel very strongly that the answer to that is yes. Mm -hmm. Some people have a vision that the answer to that is no, Mm -hmm. Um, that there's to be a respectful relationship with the traditions of Israel, but that there's also something new that's formed in this person, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's something that's based more in a spirit life. And so therefore it's not, you know, it it follows a different logic. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it so amazing that the movement held together at all. Mm. And no wonder Paul in his letters stresses love so much because he's trying to figure out how does love actually bind us together without erasing the differences that can often lead to creative thought and energy. I'm remembering a thread vaguely from my early Christianity (laughs) class from college that was has always stuck with me this idea that a lot of people or some, I suppose, were, were very sure that the second, the second coming, which actually we talked about last week on Mm -hmm. the podcast. Mm -hmm. I thought that was fun, interesting conversation, 
but that the second coming was imminent. Imminent. That he mm-hmm. was going to come back in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. That it was going to be... Yeah, more like the five, yeah. five or less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so people were conducting themselves in that way. I know, I believe that was the beginning of, of like celibacy as a thing mm. that was mm-hmm. chosen and, and, and eschewing um, romantic relationships on earth and keeping yourself focused on 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 god and in your spiritual life mm-hmm. i always found that really interesting that's that was so presented to me that that was the origins of of that tradition yeah i always found that really fascinating because i was always like how did that come to be right and i really was fascinated by that so the first letter to the thessalonians which was written by paul to the little church in thessalonica in greece great name great name it's great right is very much about that theme and it's the anticipation of that arrival, right? Mm-hmm. That That's the advent, the second advent, right? right? The right. second coming of Jesus. And he actually does counsel people not to get too involved in their personal relationships because he said, you're, you're really not going to have time to live those out. Yeah. Um, so that letter is very much saturated in this anticipation of something dramatic happening. Mm. But then... We watch Paul as time evolves. Then he starts writing two letters and more to the church in Corinth, also in Greece. Then he's writing to the church in Rome and probably to the church in Galatia or churches in that area. And lo and behold, that anticipation gets cooled off. Interesting. And then he has to figure out, all right, that's not happening (laughs) (laughs) or not happening anytime soon. So now what do we do? Uh Uh-huh. And the message seems to be, well, you need to figure out how to live in community. Right. Because that's the way that you're going to keep the message of Jesus alive. Right. And that's the way that you're actually going to demonstrate to the world what the love looks like. Mm. So I think Paul is like a gardener. And he sees every community as a garden. Mm. It's a demonstration plot. Mm -hmm. And it's got um, some weeds. (laughs) And other things. <laughs> like any great garden. Like any great garden. <laughs> any great community. <laughs> yeah. And so all of those things, um, you know, are happening in these little communities. I mean, how large were they? They, they weren't very big at the mm-hmm. beginning at all. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were actually small enough to be able to fit in people's houses when they met. Okay. There's even the, a suspicion that the early churches might have met in, in workshops. Huh. So pe- where people worked, yeah. did their labor, because that's where they could gather. You know, they didn't have access to large homes or any of that. So they, they gathered where they could. And I think that's kind of interesting that then, then everything comes under review. How do we eat? What do we eat? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the same questions. How much do we carry forward from Judaism? How much is new? And it goes on and on. (laughs) I'm fascinated by this idea that feels uh, so relevant and now of this idea of like, okay, so what are we keeping you, and what are we letting yes. go of? Oh, so true. Right. Like we're, we're all doing that we're right now. Right in the middle of it again. Right. The, like what are we doing? What's, what's relevant? What do we need? Yes. What do we definitely not need? Right. And what do we want to honor and what do we want to, you know, release from our lives and from our faith and from our, our, you know, what feels true. Isn't that right at the intersection where yeah. we are living? Yeah. And that's true, I think I would say in general, probably in our personal lives, but also especially in our communities of faith. You know, mm-hmm. how are how are we going to position ourselves for wherever it is that, you know, the spirit is calling us to go 
and what do we need to let go of and what do we need to cherish? And I think that ties, I think we keep coming back to this idea of it's like, how do we love more? Yes. How do we love mm-hmm. bigger? Mm-hmm. How do we love just everyone and everything the way that they need to be loved? Yes. And how can we, how can we reach our friends where they are and mm-hmm. remind them that they're their love and they're a part of our, our community and that we are here mm-hmm. and that we are, you know, a force for good mm-hmm. and that we can all bring that love then to our creation. Yeah. I think right now, um, general consensus seems to be that the world doesn't feel like it's getting more loving. <clears throat> and um, there's a sense that people are less patient, uh, less kind, uh, quicker to blame and accuse, maybe less inclined to forgive, show mercy. Now, whether that's actually true mm. or whether that's our our growing perception, mm. but the but the feedback that I get when I talk with people is that, you know, the world feels like a tougher place in which mm. to live. So going back to your comment about loving more, mm-hmm. um, how great does it feel to be part of a community, an institution that's trying to do that? Yeah. Trying to keep that message alive. Mm. Um, and I I remember this when we were doing our book study on kitchen table wisdom with Rachel Naomi Remen, great, mm-hmm. such a great, beautiful author. Beautiful. And she said at one point that when she was teaching in medical school, she drew a line from the medical school in which she was teaching all the way back to the first medical school in ancient Greece. Really? And she said that, think, stop and think for a second that she said today, although you know classes were taking place in these very sterile looking buildings, right. there is a direct line of connection between what is being what was being taught in that medical school and what the ancient Greeks were trying to do as they were first developing the practice of medicine mm-hmm. and those even before them. Sure. But she said, don't lose your lineage, hmm. right? Keep that connection. And I think that it's good for us to remember that we are also having part of that lineage. Yeah, There's a thread that runs all the way back to these communities that first started. And if we feel frustration, <laughs> exasperation yeah. about, uh, about our communities or our involvement in them or our frustrations, just go read Paul's letters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gets angry. He threatens them. I think he tries to shame them. He pulls out every tool in the toolbox. You know, he goes hard. Wow, to try to you know help people become more loving, Paul. I think you got to you know, take a look at your strategy here. But he gets like ten out of ten for effort. I love that. Yeah, I can just picture him being like, "What?" Oh, and I and I sort of chuckled to myself inwardly whenever I preside at a wedding when the couple wants to have read the 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 passage that is read more than any other mm-hmm. from First Corinthians thirteen. Mm-hmm. You know, love is patient, love is kind, love bears all things, believes all things, and so on. I always ask people to go back and read what happens before that passage. Oh, really? When he when Paul is enraged with the <laughs> Corinthians. <laughs> <laughs> and he is fine. And then amazingly, he he stops his rant for a little <laughs> while and he 
brings in this beautiful love poem. He like takes a breath. He, ta- he takes a pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, centers himself and says, come on, snap out of it. I always find that uh, that that first Corinthians a little uh, challenging. Yes. It feels like a checklist. Yes. And I am woefully under <laughs> underachieving. <laughs> like a D minus it's the best a, over it's here. It's a tough one for all of us, <laughs> I'll tell you. It's funny you say that though, because I've often thought about that's it is such an amazing text to live with, you know. Yeah. Not easy to live with. No. Um but here it is. We're using it 2,000 years later, mostly for wedding ceremonies. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I was I was thinking this year that, you know, what an incredible passage to read on Christmas Eve. Mm. Because uh, I know you love this text, the love all lovely, love divine. Love, divine. love comes down at Christmas time. Right. right? It's such a beautiful text. And I thought, all right, well, what is the essence of that love? Mm-hmm. And I think Paul really tries to describe that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how he says, you know, if I, um, you know, if I do not have love, he goes through all this progression of situations, you know, even though if I give my body as a sacrifice, mm-hmm. if I give all of my money to something and he goes through all of this, he said, if I have not love, I'm nothing. Mm. So clearly one thing he's picking up from Jesus there is that motivation matters. Mm, okay which I think is really interesting because I think a lot of times we say, that eh, does it really, you know, as long as they give the check, you know, <laughs> yeah, as long as the, as long as the needy organization gets the check, does it really matter? Yeah. Apparently it did matter to Paul. I appreciate that. And I think it definitely, Jesus refers multiple times to getting the motivation right. Getting well, you've our, been our talking history. about that. You've been talking about that with our, with our team here about like the why, the why, the why of what we're doing. Cause Again, bringing in the idea of, of things we do around here and sometimes we do them because we do them. And then looking at the why mm-hmm. feels mission critical yeah. at this juncture. I think it constantly brings us back to some really strong energy source, mm-hmm. right? That comes from God through the spirit into Jesus. This is how the Christian tradition describes it, uh-huh. right? But that this this mission of seek first the, you know, God's dream for the earth mm-hmm. um is important and that's that's part of the loving is to is to work at the motivation mm-hmm. it can be hard to get that right i think oh sure because i feel like eh, i still didn't really get that you know <laughs> yeah but i think i'm working on it um and there's a there's a really haunting poem i think it's by auden the poem the poet auden and he um He's talking about the temptation stories for Jesus. So mm-hmm. Jesus goes out into the desert and he's tempted by Satan. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's he's given all kinds of opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. To draw power to himself and he chooses not to. And one of the temptations is to turn stones into bread. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to do that, you think, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Auden writes about that. The last temptation is the greatest treason to do the right thing for the wrong reason. Oh, okay. And so the treason is, you know, you you stay on, as you said, you stay on mission. It's mission critical. It's doing things the way the spirit does things, which might seem incredibly slow and tedious, (laughs) right? Just, mm, why are we doing it this way? Right. Uh, But there seems to be deep spiritual reasons for that. Mm. Now I'm going to make a leap here. Oh, goody. I'm going to make a giant leap. It's not just me for once. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> You've taught me well. Uh, so we we both like the book Contact. The, the, the Carl Sagan story, isn't it? Yes. Do you know? I actually haven't read it. Oh. I've only seen the Jodie Foster. The movie, right? Oh, so good. Yeah. So it's actually the movie that I'm I'm quoting here. Okay. I'm not sure this happens in the book. And there's the amazing scene where she actually has an encounter with her father. Yeah. On the beach. after he's dead. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, um, and she really asks him, like, why hasn't contact taken place? Uh-huh. Right? Like, uh-huh. why aren't, why aren't there, <laughs> why right. have there been visitors? And, yeah. And he said, because... It, we we're incredibly patient, basically. <laughs> right. He, he said it doesn't matter if this takes thousands of years, mm-hmm. and I remember hearing that saying, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. You know, talk about expanding your <laughs> yeah. field of perception. Yeah. But uh, so here's somebody representing clearly uh, an an alien civilization, right? Who's saying, you know, nope, we're aware of you down there, and <laughs> and we're connected, but the contact that we're looking for it's going to take thousands of, of yeah, years. Yeah. And that's even picked up in another science fiction film, Arrival, the same sense of right. the time, what we perceive as needing to happen yesterday right. is not the way necessarily that other civilizations think. I find it always really fascinating that science fiction tends to lean towards imagining a more advanced mm-hmm. civilization and a more long living yes civilization yep i find those two things to become uh be uh common right and i i appreciate why but it's always interesting it's like well you could also make the argument that less advanced ones wouldn't even make it we wouldn't connect yes you know yeah but i'm always interested by that it's like there's a patience implied right, right. A, a whole different perspective on time mm-hmm. and i get the sense that 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 long lived uh, that perception that you're talking about, that's actually one that's fairly common through the biblical stories. And when you think about the fact that those, there are 66 books, so you got multiple authors mm-hmm. writing over hundreds of years of time. And yet they all, that many of them had that similar vision that you have to take, you know, a, th- a thousand years are but a moment. Right. Right. It's right. that sort of view of things. And that's, I guess that's, the the miles per hour of love you know <laughs> that's how love that's how love proceeds and i had a I had a wonderful teacher in seminary he was from japan his name was kozuke koyama and he wrote a book one of my favorite books called the three mile an hour god oh great title basically saying that jesus walked everywhere roughly uh-huh. three miles an hour mm-hmm. And that that's how God chooses to move. And we think, what? <laughs> there were wheels. <laughs> that slowly? I mean, you know. Um, but I think that's a great vision, mm-hmm. you know. And love really, uh, to be really loving, it does, it, it, it proceeds at its own pace. Yeah. And that's not the pace at which industry necessarily moves or uh-huh. anything else, you know. It's, right. It's, it's different. I think it's really interesting because, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a hot minute now. Wow. Um, And, you know, I feel like other places would expect some like exponential, monumental, immediate growth for it. And we're like, we're creating our community and we're going three miles an hour. And, you know, we're working on some ways to get this in front of more eyeballs and in more ears and Uh in a loving way. But I think staying true to who we are and 
And all of this has created something I feel that's, you know, to use the word deeply authentic, mm. you know, mm. and yeah. But and but it's got we sort of had this sort of three mile an hour thing of like we're just trucking right along. <laughs> we're here whenever they want to find us. Putting one foot ahead of the other. That's right. That's yeah. the only way to go. It's kind of a long, slow march to freedom. You know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying over here. It's really it's a it's a wild thing. I feel like maybe other projects wouldn't have had this stick with itness. Mm. Um. So that's a great point because you were telling me once about the number of podcasts that don't even make it out of the first, I don't know what seven it is. Seven episodes. Seven. I mean, yeah, I I think it's 80% fail after seven episodes. So that. I could be making those numbers up, but I think it's something along those lines. Well, I, I think I've also come across something similar. That is a really mind catching number. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And maybe there's another connection. You know, when you think back to Paul, who's saying, get ready now. Yeah. Things are going to happen now. They're going to happen fast. You yeah. know, put all your eggs in this one basket. Yeah. And uh, and then that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait a second. Things are slowing way down. Right. Now he has to adjust speeds. <laughs> yeah. And he does. God bless him. He does. And uh, And I think that ever since then, in some ways, you know, Christianity, you know, in its varied expressions can look re really out of step. It can seem to be going at that three mile an hour pace. Mm -hmm. And yet when you look back from a retrospective point of view and think of all that has been accomplished and made possible, it, it would almost seem to be miraculous. Right. Right. And um, so I think that's one of the things that's really important for us now. And it's a kind of love, which is to be kind to ourselves and mm -hmm. patient with ourselves and not push you know, words like aggression and coercion don't really fit in the Christian vocabulary very well. Yeah, no. So I think that we we have a really significant role to play in that regard, and that that love takes its time. Yeah, it needs the time that it you know it it it, it needs a certain amount of time in order to work its way into our souls, mm -hmm. and so. What a pleasure and a privilege to be part Thanks of Thanks for listening. Roundtable Radio was like brought to you by the friends and members of Roundtable Community Church. Sunday More information, please visit roundtableradio.org. slowing down. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this community, whether it be in person or online, we're offering, you know, we're, as they say, we're creating space. Yeah. You know, which I feel like is overused now. But <laughs> we're creating space for people to just kind of be like, oh. Right. Fast times, slow church. Yeah. I feel like it used to feel like you come at Christmas, you you know, you get into Christmas time and everything gets crazy. Yeah. I don't feel that. Mm. And I just realized it's because it's crazy all the time now. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's, I don't feel this Chris, I don't feel the December Christmas stress anymore because it's like this. That's interesting. <laughs> everything's like that now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I, I really appreciate that just like. Yeah. Energy around just like. We're creating a time for people to gather, to be in community without the sort of chaos mm -hmm. of the, you know, the outside world. Like we're part of the world, you know, I always, that always drives me crazy. Like in the real world, right? I'm like yeah. we're here too. <laughs> Go to Target just like you. <laughs> um, but I think that's really interesting. That idea, the pause and that we're, the love is, is part of that, that it's an expression of, of love and of community together. And I think what, you know, this tradition has to offer doesn't yield itself 
easily. You know, when we, well, I think about, you know, the practice that is required to bring a certain anthem into being, right? (laughs) Or when it's a story that we're looking at, it's not like um, you read it and then think, oh yeah, I can distill that into three simple messages. Because for one thing, the message for this year may be very different from the message you could have gotten out of that story, that same story last year. Right. So the stories kind of move and grow with us and they, they want us to enter into the mystery and mystery doesn't, I think like speed all that much, Mm -hmm. you know, it likes attentiveness and uh, the willingness to delve into the depths, Mm -hmm. but um, it, it's not, it's resistant to rush. Yeah. But I also, on on the sort of the flip side of that, what I really love about this community is also there's a responsiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not at 100 miles an hour, mm-hmm. but it's it's looking at our world and saying we can make things better. Mm-hmm. Or we can join together in love and use that energy to positively change things, whether yeah. we're looking at creation, whether we're looking at gun violence, whether we're looking at just encouraging our children and creating a a warm and welcoming space where they know they are loved no matter what, you know, all these, all these various things we, we do. And, and, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. It is. It's pretty cool. It is. And I, I'm glad you said that because I think that we all know that at certain points in our lives, um, you know, decisive, bold action matters. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I think that we underestimate the amount of uh, times that we can really actually slow things down. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, there are times when we need to act quickly. And uh, you're so right about that. And yeah, you're right. It's one, what a gift to be part of a community that sees something happening in the world and wants to ask the question, so how are we going to respond to that? Let's, mm-hmm. you know, or let's respond to that. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? that mm-hmm. That's a gift. Yes. It is indeed. And we are so grateful that you are part of our community Mm -hmm. and that you, uh, I hope you know how much you are loved by us. And we are so grateful to you for joining us for this conversation and so many others like it. Roundhill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Roundhill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillradio.org. 